the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. And now, here's the continuation from last week's program, part two of On the Road with Jesus. More doors opening up. So tell me about, I do know that you had a ministry to um, to Mexico where you got to use your carpentry skills as well yeah. as sharing Christ with the lost down there. So tell me a little bit about that and how that started. Um, that was, I got a call from a doctor uh, at uh, Bread of Life Church mm-hmm. in Torrance, a Chinese church there. Uh, we need a carpenter to build some benches in an orphanage. Uh, uh, would you care to do that for us? Oh, absolutely. And so um, at this point in time, uh, I was living in my shop. I had just uh, within the year had surgery on my neck from an injury I sustained at work. And five, I had cracked five vertebrae some wow. years earlier. So uh, after the course of years, it was all uh, calcifying in there. Had this surgery. I'm in my, uh, you know, my bed uh, upstairs, and I pray, Lord, I'm still here. You know, I need your help. You know, and and I, within a couple of days, I get a call. Yes, I'll go. Uh, I, we, the first time I go there, I knock out these benches, and I'm sitting next to an elder there. Elder gentleman, I have no idea who he is. Uh, turned out to be the uh, elder of all the various congregations. That's a they have an English congregation, a, a, a Cantonese, and a Mandarin congregation. And this guy oversaw all in of them. in Mexico. No, here in Torrance. Oh, here in Torrance. Okay. Yeah. So um, I talked for hours with this guy, mm-hmm. and he's listening to everything I say. You know, and uh, the next week I get a call from the head doctor. Saying, "What do you need?" And I'm, I'm like, "What do you What do you mean?" He goes, "Elder Paul told me to call you and give you whatever you need." So for the next ten years, I had my medical covered. Wow! Yeah. See how God works. Oh yeah. Because you know, um, He's so good about um, allowing us to be used by Him, and He gives so much more in return. Yeah. Okay, um, so you're doing ministry down in Mexico, but again, you're still doing the homeless ministry in conjunction with these other ministries. At that time, homeless ministry was Saturday and Sunday. Okay. And uh, when we'd go down to Mexico for extended periods, because we we did Mexico uh, outreach for years. And uh, I began with, uh, you know, doing a building project. They, They needed a church built the other side of Ensenada. And uh, uh, very interesting because they had no idea what they actually were getting into. And uh, we built a, what was probably the largest building in this little town 
two hours the other side of Ensenada, this huge church, which the Chinese church was under the uh, uh, assumption that it was just going to be a little town, little church. And the uh, Spanish pastor came and said, well, this is what I need. Um, but uh, that didn't become apparent until we actually showed up there to work on the church. So we were... Uh, we were very short of uh, needed material, so what I did is I constructed uh, a storage room and put all the rest of the materials in there, and that began uh, a couple-year process of, of hauling materials down to Mexico to build this uh, Big church. church. Yeah. Wow. And That's... God really blessed that ministry. Now we have uh, elementary school next to that that I also built, and then somebody else came in and built a uh, a high school directly across the street, wow. which is now staffed. And we've put um, computers in there, and the children get breakfast in the morning, and they have paid teachers. All this stuff just came. And when I showed up, there was it was just an open field. There was nothing. There was no electricity out there. They had to bring the once they saw our building going in, they actually brought the electricity to it. Wow. But uh, it was really amazing to see that process. Wow, uh, praise the Lord. Well, you know, I didn't know that you built, uh, you know, buildings from scratch. I actually thought you were going down there to do repairs on homes or things like that. But a building just from the ground up. I had to haul all the material from here down there to uh, hand build trusses, which uh, the building is 60 feet by almost 70 feet. Wow. And, uh, and so they had no idea what uh, what they needed, and uh, so we had to design. Well, we we did get an engineer involved pretty quickly, but um, I had to vary from that because you just can't get all the those materials down there that we use here. You know, you get something quite different down there. Wow. Well, thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I understand also that you had a ministry to the gay community as well. Um, tell me a little bit about that. And and now all of these different ministries were for a season, but the homeless ministry is your bread and butter, and that's what you're doing. Um, and now you're doing that every day. I take it every day we do that. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about a little bit about your ministry to the gay community. Well, the the gay community uh, ministry outreach to the gay community started about the time I met you. Really? Actually, I didn't know a little bit that... before that. So okay. Okay. And uh, that was interesting because I was feeding the homeless on a Saturday, particular Saturday. And I get home and I want to turn on the news and see what the weather is. And uh, immediately the gay pride parade, this was Saturday and the parade is on Sunday. Um, but there, it comes on uh, the news and God immediately said, my people are in bondage down there. He said his people were in bondage down there. Wow. You know, and I'm, I, you know, kind of went ah, and changed the channel, you know. Yeah. And the next station had the same thing. So I changed the channel again. And the third station, new station, within 30 seconds, it popped up. And so I shut the TV off and I said, well, Lord, what would you have me do? And he had already told me, my people are in bondage down there. Uh, so what I did was I called Nikki up and I got several thousand tracks and and uh, with much prayer support, went down there early the next morning and did some prayer walk and and then started to hand out tracts. And uh, before long, the 
hordes show up. I mean, there's a million plus people in, this was actually 2002. Okay, so um, it was right before I met you. Yeah. Okay. And uh, put a burden on my heart because the interaction was you see the lost. You see little children down there who are being misled. And you see the grown-ups who are misled. I started to study uh, the root causes, the health issues, the agenda itself, just to get it in context. So in my interaction, I had a clear understanding of what I was talking about. But in that process, God started to build even more compassion. And so I found myself, uh, I would listen. You know, it's you're validating a person and and affirming them by listening to their words carefully. And I say with my heart rather than my head. I'm not looking, uh, listening to, to find a way to tear them down or to, to defeat their argument. It's more about listening to their heart because each person has uh, their individual story. Mm-hmm. And in order to minister to that person, you have to know a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. And God starts to reveal things to you about them. At the same time, he's revealing things about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, we all go through these same kinds of trials and tribulations. And how do you, you know, how do you, it's hard to give things over to God. Our, our pride gets in the way. So exactly. the process of me uh, going through sanctification process and then just giving this knowledge to these people, I would see their mouths drop open going, where do you go to church? Where do you, you know, where do you know that? Are you following me around? How do you know this? You know? Yeah, yeah, when God gives you a word for some specific person, yeah. it changes their lives. It really does. And, and staying in the word and close to the Lord um, is the way to do it. I mean, there's no yeah. other way to get closer to the Lord than get, get into his word. And yeah. he will speak to you so clearly about what to say and what to do. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that the word of God is the way to get close to him. Like I'll hear people saying, um, you know, I'm, you know, really far away from the Lord. I really wish I could get closer to him. And, you know, the the first thing I say is you've got to get into his word. And sometimes it's just, you know, opening it up and reading a verse and, and making it a habit to just get in there daily. And you'll find that, you know, one verse will turn to two, to one chapter, to, to, you know, to two chapters and whatever the Lord leads you that particular day is how much you need to read. Amen. But okay. So you see this now. Um, I really want to thank you because one of the things I'm hearing you say is the compassion that you have to have for people that are gay. And really it's his kindness that brings every one of us to repentance. So thank you for your kindness to the homeless and the loss and, you know, the gays and the people in prison. I so appreciate the work that God has done through you um, and also to the Muslims. So Mm -hmm. where we met. um, So thank you for that, too. I do want to ask you, getting back to the homeless people, because I mentioned that you're doing the homeless ministry now daily. Tell me about that. Um, we pick up food from various stores locally. Okay, and, and you're in the Redondo Beach area, right? I am in the Redondo Beach area, so all our stores are in right that there. city or just you know adjacent to 
Uh, and uh, So tell me what your day is like. You get up in the morning and you head out mm-hmm. to the stores with your van. Yeah, I, I want to make this doable. So um, the way I do that is uh, typically we're done by 9, 9.30 every morning oh. uh, locally during the week because uh, on the weekends we go to Venice Beach. So that's a little m- more effort. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the idea is to um, – the ministry goes in all directions. I, I don't necessarily say it's a homeless ministry. It's to the stores that we pick up from. It's from uh, – authorities or uh, entities within the community that uh, we also uh, bring food to or, or they come and get food from us. And so the same uh, mindset, the same compassion uh, needs to be extended to all these people, and it becomes a real challenge to do okay. that. So you go to the five or six stores and you pick mm-hmm. up you know, the food that they give you, and you've got it all in your van. Do you have help or do you do this alone? Uh, I, I typically have at least one person with me. Okay. And uh, so you go to a set place. Is it the same place every day or is it – I know um, that you said Venice is a different day, but, you know, the rest of the time, are you in one area? Yeah. Um, we have several stores uh, that we would pick up on Monday. We have our Monday stores. It's typically the same stores, but it does have some uh, variants. So, so you uh, go to a, a, a set place and you hand out food correct and so the homeless know where you are yeah every day right and they come to you for food now tell me about the food that you get um do you have to make sandwiches or tell me what you're doing right now to get that food out when we started out we did that and uh realizing uh through uh reading uh the health department uh you know requirements and restrictions and all that for your area well, it's, it's typically across the board, but uh, they'll ha- they have allowances for if you have a kitchen, then you have to. It's like a restaurant; they'll come in and inspect and all that. And I want to avoid all that, uh, make it as quick and easy as possible. So we get all their prepackaged stuff. We get fruits, vegetables. We get their breads. We uh, can receive meats, but I don't. Uh, I don't. Typically, hand that doesn't hand out to the yeah, yeah. the homeless. It'll go to other ministries that cook. Okay. Yeah. So you do take the food that you can't hand out to the homeless, but you give it to another another resource that you right, use. Right. Okay. So you're getting prepackaged salads. You're getting you're getting fruit, and you you just how, how do you hand it out? Do you bag it first, no. or do you do like a smorgasbord and yeah. have them take what they that's, want? That's how we do it. We actually uh, box everything. And then when we get to our location, we put it in rows, and uh, our the recipients are in a line. So and, they're standing in line waiting right. to, for this to happen. Now, do you mm. do a Bible study at all before you hand out? I do. The food? I, I'll read uh, scripture. Okay. And uh, they keep asking for more. Uh, when I when I originally you mean started. more more of the Word of God? Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, Great. there's actually people uh, who uh, want uh, you know. We baptize now and uh, Bible studies, and we kind of steer them to what church, you know, churches and where they're at and, and uh, get them hooked up with the, that's the primary focus is to get them hooked up with a solid uh, church or, um, you know, a lot of these people are suffering uh, various things. Right. Abuse. But you're giving the word out and food out daily. Daily, right. Okay. So, um, and for some people, this is their only meal. Okay. 
Um, and I imagine that you see some of the same people and then you don't see them anymore because right. they've gotten saved and you plug them into a church or something. Right. Wow, that is dedication. And so um, you're doing a Bible study every single day then. Correct. So, I, you know, I... Well, the way that goes down is I'll read maybe half a chapter and then hit on uh, a couple points. I usually keep it down to just a couple points. So it's... Mm-hmm. They have a takeaway, something they can process. Do you give them tracks to something they can hold on to, or do you have anything? I, I used to, and I do have a lot of materials. Yeah. But uh, it's on it's upon request. Um, you know, and I've, I've done the, the various ministries, even working with George. Uh, in, with Arabic and Arabic yeah. Christian Perspective, which is now Ministry to Muslims. Ministry to Muslims, yeah. yeah. So when I am hand, and even with George years ago, I look somebody in the eye, and I offer it to them, not sticking it in their face, but in the – so they actually have to uh, – Want it and come yeah, and get it. Yeah, they actually have to make a motion towards it. Mm-hmm. And well, if they don't, idea. I pull it back in. And there's been times where I pull it back in and go, oh, okay, let me have that, you know. Yeah, it piques their interest. <laughs> right. Well, Good. you're not pushing like it on them. You, yeah, you know? that's great. Now, I want to get back to the homeless. Um You've had over the years your ministry changing where you were doing it once a week just mm-hmm. to skid row. Um, you're now you're doing it every single day, no breaks. Yeah. And fortunately, you know, you're done by nine o'clock and you're on to your real job and you know, carpentry, right? Yeah. And we're um in COVID, so that's not happening. But, okay. Yeah. Um but I'd like to have you speak to um Doing this type of ministry for the average person like myself that might want to just go out and hand some food out, um, what would you recommend? Say me as a family want to take the kids and, you know, get something out into their hands. Right. You know, we live in the richest nation in the world, and we should not have anybody on the streets, but a lot of people do choose to be on the streets, and... Um, you know, that's their choice and, and I, I don't judge them one way or another. It's not for me to judge. I give them whoever asks for food. And in Venice, we've actually had people who have houses down there in expensive houses get in line for food. Mm-hmm. And the people go, there. they're not homeless. And I go, but they need food. You know, right. what they really need is something else. But well, you know, this COVID thing has thrown a whole different thing in the arena of the homeless i mean there are a lot of people that have homes and they can't buy food and there's a lot of people that have taken in family members and consequently the number of people that are that are in their house to feed is greater than they can handle and um so there's a lot of different reasons that we have people standing in line for food and um so but you, I, I, I guess I wanted to hear what other what we can do. You know, right. is there? Do we just throw money at it? Do we try to try to make a couple of sandwiches and hand them out? Do we go to McDonald's and buy them a hamburger and give it out? I guess all of that. Yeah, if there's somebody in your community that's actually doing this and they're doing a good job of it, it's not necessary to reinvent the wheel. You might want to lift them up, you know, and support them in what they're doing. But if God puts something specifically on your heart to do, I think you 
need to go with that, you know, because you'll find yourself, the idea is to have these conversations and learn who these people are. That right. Though I feed them in the morning, I'll drive around late at night and I'll see these same people on out and, you know, walking around on the streets and I'll honk at them and wave and depending on the real, and you know, sometimes they just light up because mm-hmm. nobody's doing that. Yeah, yeah, nobody's recognizing that they're in need for some some recognition, recognition. like somebody affirmation. Yes, yes. Um, the girls, especially, they got to hide, you know. They, and um, you know, me being a guy, it makes it tough. Right. Uh, I do have some women who uh, are available to an extent, but uh, uh, you know, when I'm driving around late night, and I, I find myself doing that sometimes. Uh, in one case in point, there was this old gal in Redondo who had been on the streets for 30 years. Wow. Uh, she and her story was that the city of Redondo had stolen her family house. And so she slept on a bench, a bus bench on Catalina Avenue mm-hmm. uh, for years. And I'd see her in the middle of the night in winter, sometimes standing next to her stuff. And, you know, at that age, she's slouched over and, you know. I'm not, you know, her, her posture was already. Is she you know, still alive or is she? Well, she recently got housing. Oh, she, great. Yeah. She's been in housing for four or five months. And, wow. And her feet at this time were, when she initially went in, she was in horrible health. Yeah. And, you know, just horrible. And so now they're able to get her all that, all those needs are being met. So. Okay. Um I want to ask you, I know that you have a Facebook page. I do. Um, yeah. And it's Dan Hubbard. Is Daniel it Daniel Hubbard? Hubbard? Yeah. I do have a, a website, but it needs reworking, so we're in the process of that. Okay. Supposedly. So if anyone wanted to donate money to you, um, they could they could go to your Facebook page to contact you. Is that right? Yeah. And because yeah. I know that there's more needs than just food, you've got to get gas and everything else to get to the places that you have to go. Nothing's free. I mean, not everything is free for you. And you're providing Bibles and, uh, and you know, yeah. when you need it and things like that. You do carry Bibles. So if, if someone wanted to donate to you, Dan, it's Daniel Hubbard, H-U-B-B-A-R-D mm-hmm. on Facebook. And you, yeah. they'd have to take a good look at you so that they could. Well, you'll see me you. next to Nikki. Oh, next to Nikki. The, the Thanksgiving, the, the yeah. Thanksgiving outreach. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, there's there's three of them. I somehow managed to open uh, three accounts that I was didn't know I was doing. <laughs> you know? Okay. So good. So I would love it if somebody you know felt encouraged, or or um, you know wanted to bless Dan. Um, that would be one way. Or um, see him in Redondo Beach and and help him to deliver the food. Um, so, Dan, um, I am so appreciative of the work that you do, and I like to tell people that you know I am so glad that the Lord raised somebody up for the homeless ministry, so that I you know wouldn't have to be out there. But you know we're all called to do something. And, and this is your comfort zone. This is where God has called you to. I can remember when the Lord called us to the Arabic or the Muslim ministry. I was saying, no, Lord, not that ministry, (laughs) please. Can you raise someone else up? And you know, it's the Muslim people are in my heart. I mean, those are the people that I have a really big, 
desire to speak to. Amen. And it's only through the love of Jesus that that happened. But I so appreciate it. Listen, I want to talk to the um, listeners right now. So if there's anyone out there that any of this resonates with, be it somebody in prison, be it somebody that's gay, be it a Muslim person, be it somebody that is, you know, struggling in Mexico, be it just someone that just wants to know Jesus more, I would really encourage you to say this prayer with me. Or if you've known the Lord and have walked away from him, now is your chance. The hour is really close to Jesus coming back. Now is your chance to make a commitment to the Lord again. So same prayer for everyone. We want Jesus in our hearts. And so follow me in this prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Come into my heart, Lord, and wash my sins away the sins of the past, the present, and the future sins. Thank you, Lord, that you loved me so much that you went to the cross and died for me. Help me with my walk with you. Encourage me to read your word and to get closer to you. Help me to find a church or go back to the church that you called me to, the church that I might have grown up in. Father, help me to be a follower of Jesus Christ. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I want to thank you listeners for joining me on a Tuesday. Shock. Um, But, you know, never know what God's going to do, right? Here again with On the Road with Jesus. God bless you all. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.